Welcome to Beyond FY2, the podcast from the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Glasgow that will give you all the information that you need as you move on to the next stage of your career. You'll hear from trainees who have been where you are, trying to make sense of all the different choices you have and make one of the most important decisions affecting your future. In this episode, we'll be chatting with Carly Bissett about general surgery and how she decided what specialty was best for her. So hi Carly, welcome and thanks very much for joining us today. Much appreciated. I wonder if we could just start by, if you could give me a bit of information about yourself, tell me what, what, you, what you've been doing um, and tell me about how, you've, how, you, how your career has gone uh, so far. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, so I'm Carly Bissett. I'm currently an ST4 in general surgery. Um, and I suppose I went to university first of all, and I just did five year course. So I didn't do an intercalated degree. And then straight after that, I moved to Glasgow for FY1 and FY2. And I knew pretty early on at medical school that I wanted to do surgery. But at that point, I actually thought I wanted to do orthopaedics. So a lot of my CV had actually been geared up towards orthopaedic surgery. And it was only when I started working as an FY1, I somewhat fell into general surgery. Uh, and I was very, in hindsight, very lucky to work with such an amazing team uh, in the REH in Paisley. Uh, and actually, I just found on the job that I loved general surgery and then decided thereafter uh, to continue training uh, or try and choose placements that involve general surgery or general surgical cover and then I decided pretty quickly at the end of my FY1 that that's actually what I wanted to do and I didn't want to do orthopaedics any longer because I like the variety uh, that general surgery offered in terms of both malignant and benign disease and elective and emergency work. So after my or during FY2 rather I applied for core surgical training which is a two-year surgical uh, programme with national recruitment. So even though if you want a job, say, in the north of Scotland, you still go to London or at that point you still did face-to-face interviews um, for national recruitment and was awarded a post that year. So I went straight from FY2 into CT1 and that was a two-year programme in the west of Scotland. So I actually did a year and a half of general surgery and six months of cardiothoracic surgery as part of that training. And during my CT2 year, I applied for ST3, so a a national number in general surgery. Uh, And that's currently what I'm doing just now is I'm a general surgery specialty trainee. However, I see that I've just come back into ST4. Um, I've actually just come back from out of programme research. Uh, So I've just completed a three year PhD uh, degree, which is done, I guess, in addition to your traditional training programme. So although surgical training or general surgical training is eight years, I've actually added on another three by opting to do a PhD. So I'm just back into the programme now and learning how to be a trainee again, which is pretty exciting. I wonder if you could tell me um, what the average day is like, um, perhaps remembering back to um, general surgery. Uh, so what's the average kind of day like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in general surgery, uh, there's a significant difference between what your elective average day looks like versus your emergency day or your emergency on-call work. So I would say it's probably easier starting off with the on-call emergency stuff. 
Generally speaking, if you're on the day shift, you'll start roughly about eight in the morning and you'll start off with a ward round. That's usually of all the on-call patients or all the um, unplanned admissions. So say your A&E admissions, GP referrals, any ward referrals that actually have surgical problems. And so you're typically ward rounding for about 40 patients. And that will include on the ward and also in critical care, which is interesting. Following uh, the ward rounds, you'll then probably have a few cases lined up for theatre. So that could be anything from an appendicectomy or a cholecystectomy, or you might even have a bigger operation like a laparotomy for, say, an obstructing bowel cancer. And then following that, you'll look at scans that have been done throughout the day, see referrals uh, from A&E, GP, the wards, etc., and look after any acutely unwell patients. In terms of the elective day, it kind of depends. Um, each day is a bit different in your average week, but I would say in an average week, you would usually have one or two elective theatre operating days, and that depends on what team you're with. So it might be breast theatre, for example, or colorectal theatre. Typically, you'd have one or two clinics a week as well, and that's certainly my experience has always been buddied up with a consultant for, uh, which is usually a pretty good teaching opportunity or learning opportunity. And then, again, depending on what team you're with, so I want to do colorectal. So, for example, if you were attached uh, to a colorectal placement, you would then typically have one or two scope lists a week as well, where you'd be learning how to do upper and lower GI endoscopies. And then there's usually, on average, about a day a week where you've got time to catch up on your admin, because there's quite a lot of admin with all of that work. And... For me, I've got quite strong research interests, so it gives me a chance to chase my tail a bit in terms of catching up with projects uh, and writing. At the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Glasgow, our members really do represent the full multidisciplinary healthcare team, with opportunities to join a number of boards, committees and networks. As a trainee, you could join our trainees committee giving you the opportunity to have a say in the wider issues that affect your role, including training requirements, career progression, less than full-time training and well-being. How did you decide to choose, how did you choose to go down the path of, of general surgery? I knew fairly early on at medical school that I was interested in surgery and I actively sought out further experience in orthopaedic surgery actually at that point in time because that's what I thought I wanted to do and I think I was drawn to orthopaedics initially because I'm quite sporty and it was quite hands-on and actually the team that I was with um, at university were very keen at getting you scrubbed in and I just loved the buzz of being in theatre and that kind of hands-on sense um, that you get from theatre and throughout university I actively sought out further opportunities uh, in surgery, mostly in orthopaedics. But I did also try and spread my wings a little bit and did a breast project, for example, just to try and get a sense of what some of the other specialties uh, within surgery were like. And it was only actually through working and the department that I was in that I gained a bit more of an interest in general surgery. And with that, was in theatre lots, was really felt to be part of the team. And I just really found that I liked the variety of work that general surgery and in particular colorectal offered. I like the mix of pathology. I like the 
mix of on-call and elective work. I liked the the kind of variety and skill sets required. So you need to be quite fine in terms of your colonoscopy work, for example, but then you'd be doing, you know, major open abdominal surgery. So it's quite a nice balance of fine motor skills and, you know, larger operating. And no two days are the same. Whereas I found um, perhaps in some other specialties that it was a bit more, you know, doing the same operation repeatedly whereas actually in general surgery every day is different and you can never really predict what you're going to find uh, and then I suppose it just rolled on from there <laughs> and I've pretty much fairly early um, on decided that colorectal was what I wanted to do. How did you gain the, the experience that was required for you to get into general surgery? Yeah so I think I was fairly proactive in seeking out opportunities as well as obviously you know having training opportunities within my foundation program and core training program i think the best way of getting experience in general surgery um is really on-call work decision making for me is something that is very difficult to teach and it's only something that you'll really get a, a true grasp of on the job and on-call work is a really good way to become comfortable with your own decision making. I think as well, um, especially if you're an FY1 or FY2, if you can try and come along to, say, a colorectal MDT meeting or another surgical MDT meeting, it's really quite interesting, even if you can't stay for the whole meeting. Um, you know, if you can tag in for 40 minutes or so just to get a sense of how the team interacts with radiology, looking at scans, and then how the team discuss a management plan for a patient, including that interaction with oncology. I think that's really helpful. Again, in terms of theatre experience, because I suppose that's what everyone um, wants to do if you want to do surgery, there's usually ample opportunity, um, especially in the on-call setting to, when I say tag along, it's not really tag along, you're a welcome part of the team, but it's really nice if you are a registrar like me, and you've got an interested medical student, FY1, FY2, who just wants to be in theatre, so they could hold the camera while you're the surgeon that's operating, for example. So there's lots of ways to get involved. Uh, we often just need to be nudged or reminded uh, that you want to be there as well. So I think actively seeking out um, theatre experience and also coming to team meetings like the MDT is really, really helpful. How did you manage the application process for getting into general surgery? So, um, yeah, it's quite a uh, interesting and fairly long process, but I think the key is being organised early. And every time that you do something that could potentially be considered a CV building exercise, so whether or not that's you delivering teaching or you've been on a course or keeping your surgical logbook up to date, for example, keeping a record or a com an contemporary up-to-date record of all of that on your computer is single-handedly probably the most helpful part of the application process. I believe for core training, you apply in the November of FY2, so it's actually pretty early, which means that you really need to have some sort of um, CV building stuff throughout medical school and in FY1. 
So I would always kind of urge uh, those who are just starting out in FY1, absolutely, you've done great uh, to pass medical school and to start working. And it's quite stressful starting working. Um, but once you're comfortable with your job, then start to think, how can I enhance my learning opportunities on the job? And I think that balance is sometimes quite quite difficult, but that's probably the single most helpful thing that you can do before the November of each year when job applications start. Yeah, because just get prepared early, basically, is a, is a key Absolutely, issue. yeah. Um, so slightly different time there. Um, what do you love about uh, your job right now, but, but also about general surgery and your, your training pathway? Yeah. Uh, so in terms of job, I have to say I love the patients. I love the mixture of um, comorbid er elderly decision making, especially for um, on-call work in terms of emergency laparotomy and you know shared decision making with patients and also the mix of pathology as well. So I find it interesting looking after patients with inflammatory bowel disease, but also colorectal cancer, for example. In terms of general surgery, I think it offers a big variety. So, for example, when you uh, are certified as a general surgeon at the end of your training programme, you are a general surgeon and something else. And that something else could be colorectal, which is my interest. It could be upper GI. It could be transplant. It could be breast. It could be trauma, remote and rural. I think there's a huge scope um, for what you can actually do in general surgery. And you get to experience most of these other specialties. So you might not necessarily all get a transplant job for six months, for example, but should you wish to have a period of time in that department, you can usually arrange that uh, with your training programme director. So I think it's really nice. So, for example, at the moment, I'm actually working in vascular surgery, which is something that I actively asked for uh, and I'm absolutely loving. And I've only been in the department for three weeks, four weeks. Um, so I think general surgery does offer great variety, even though it's becoming more subspecialised, it does still offer wide-ranging variety. What advice would you give someone thinking about applying to general surgery? If you want to do general surgery, then you have to love the job. It's tough. It's long hours. There are, um, you know, challenges when you're on call. You know, every on call is busy. I don't necessarily think I've ever had a quiet on call. Um, generally speaking, you're not on call from home as in other specialties. So I think if you are, if you know that it's going to be a tough journey, but you love it, then you will love that journey. And even though there are some days that are tough or harder than others, generally speaking, on the whole, I love my job. Uh, and I think if you're organised and you work hard and you love working as part of a team, then general surgery is for you. Any final thoughts, uh, any final thoughts or hints or, or tips or tricks that you might want to share about um, general surgery or, or anything else around that? Yeah, I think um, it's quite interesting. My research interests are a bit niche, I suppose. Um, I'm interested in surgeon psychology uh, and decision making. And I think, you know, sometimes when you look at medical Twitter, for example, there's a lot of jokes or kind of suggestions made that there's a surgeon stereotype 
or that potentially puts medical students or perhaps foundation doctors as well off a career in surgery because they have this view or this perception that surgeons uh, might come across as rude or unapproachable or not interested in teaching or training. I have to say, you know, speaking anecdotally, uh, I've not really found that to be the case. I have to say every department that I've worked in um, in the last eight years has been super supportive, friendly, keen to teach are very conscientious. And I have to say my research interests actually did a systematic review on surgeon personality. And certainly for general surgery or abdominal visceral surgeons, the surgeon stereotype uh, that I've alluded to before doesn't appear to exist. So I would say um, any perceptions of that are perhaps archaic, but certainly don't appear to exist within general surgery. Obviously, there is one or two uh, that might pop up from time to time that do fit this stereotype. But generally speaking, it, it's untrue in general surgery. We're a friendly bunch of people that like training. So in terms of, you've mentioned a lot about research. Um, you know, is research something that you need to do to get into general surgery? Is it something that is um, that you found really interesting? And uh, would you recommend doing that um, for, for other people applying to general surgery? So I'm probably a little biased in that I love research, <laughs> um, but in terms of the application process, clearly, if you look at the ORIAL checklist uh, for what gets you points in your application, there are obviously points for publications, for example, um, full cycle audits. I would bear caution. Um, I think it's incredibly rare for an FY1 or a medical student to have a first author peer-reviewed publication. And if you do, that is incredible. Uh, that's really impressive. Um, so I wouldn't get too bogged down in points. I think it is helpful to have a few good quality audits under your belt um, and ones that you've managed to complete the cycle of. And I guess somewhat cynically, you know, Anything that can help get you some points to get into your application, absolutely I would do. But also only do stuff that you're genuinely interested in. Otherwise, it's a bit of a waste of your own time. But also, you know, I think you should only do projects and research um, studies that you are genuinely interested in. And the same goes with, in my opinion, a BSc, for example, or any other higher degrees um, I think you should only genuinely do it if you're genuinely interested in that. Otherwise, it's a pretty painful um, year or two years or three years if you decide to do a PhD. In terms of uh, doing research whilst you're a surgical trainee, it's fairly common in general surgery to do a higher degree. I would say most people probably would consider doing an MD. It's fairly common at the moment, actually, it's, um, certainly within my cohort of general surgery trainees to have done a PhD, but that's not necessarily been the gold standard. And again, I would say I've loved my, on the whole, I have loved my PhD process. It's obviously stressful at times. Um, but again, I would only recommend doing a higher degree if you genuinely are interested in the research topic. I think sometimes people feel pressured that they need to do a higher research degree 
to get a consultant job at the end of the day. And that's not true. There are other options. So, for example, leadership and management or teaching. And I have to say my PhD is actually in medical education. But there are other options. So don't feel that you have to be pigeonholed into research. But clearly within general surgery, there's lots of ample opportunities to do research if you're interested in it. And there are people ahead of you that will support you uh, and be excellent mentors for you should you wish to pursue it. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Crowley. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond FY2. Don't forget to check out our other episodes, which we'll be adding to on a regular basis. If you have any ideas on what we could include and what's helped you as you progressed in your career, we'd love to hear from you. Please give us an email at connect at rcpsg.ac.uk.